Welcome to the Party Pro Toolkit, sharing stories and ideas to empower participants and producers of nightlife, festivals, and burner culture. Greetings, this is Melina Liu, and you're listening to the Party Pro Toolkit. Alex Vodachenko, also known as Degentrification, has become an icon of the Phoenix underground music scene over the last 20 years. This strictly vinyl DJ brings an eclectic sound to his sets, fusing together a diverse selection of world beats mixed with classical soul and modern electronic styles. When attending his shows, you are likely to hear music you've never heard before mixed into classics that you don't hear enough. As a native Phoenician, Alex was involved in the graffiti and underground dance scene in the early 90s. His passion for music started with creating mixed cassette tapes until he was encouraged or forced by some of his friends to start spinning vinyl for their parties. Phoenix is a vast valley of connected communities that have gone through generations of shift. He's seen his fair share of change and displacement in that time. Degentrification is his name, but it's also his mission. He speaks out against gentrification and refuses to accept gigs from companies that contribute to it. Degentrification is as authentic, grassroots, and raw as they come. He's not looking for promotion. He doesn't want to impress you. He doesn't want to make it big or prove himself to anyone. He's also not afraid to use his microphone during a set to talk to the crowd, raise some funds for a friend in need, or call out that jerk in the front who needs to just go drink some water. During his weekly 602 Tuesdays residency at the Bikini Lounge in the historic Grand Avenue Arts District, he has hosted water drives, sold burritos to raise money for a good cause, and utilizes his status as a DJ to help others when he can. He also designs his own posters, which could justifiably create an epic retrospective exhibition on their own. Alex invited me into his home on February 4th, 2019 to discuss his experience growing up in Phoenix and his process of growth as a countercultural DJ in this desert metropolis. How long have you lived here in Phoenix? I've lived here my whole life, except a couple of years in the late 90s, maybe two years when I lived in Seattle for a minute. Okay. But pretty much my whole life, yeah. And what is it that connects you to Phoenix? What What is it about this place? I mean, as basic as anyone that lives on any terrain, I mean, it's like... This is like where I am able to make my way and have been able to like have a life and live and my family like <laughs> I'm not gonna say like my family made me here, but yeah. <laughs> like this is where yeah. I was born and where <laughs> my parents were and um yeah, just like that natural circumstance I guess in that sense, you know. Okay. Um, uh, can you tell me a little bit about your journey to becoming a DJ and the way that I became a DJ, I was very lucky to get exposed to a lot of like outsider, like culture stuff when I was a kid, starting even from my parents having a lot of weirdo art friends when I was a kid where I was like, like fascinated and exposed to like cool creative stuff, but at the same time, like decided like pretty firmly by the age of like 11 or 12 or 13 that I would like never like be an artist because of like sort of their like narcissistic like self like focused aspect of like being discovered or like put on like a 
pedestal for their creativity and stuff but at the same time i saw these people like unable to pay their rent and stuff but they're like waiting for someone to like discover them mm-hmm. these were like cool like creative like not like as in like a creative but creative individuals and expressive artists people that were made genuinely interesting work and stuff but uh were kind of like like i sort of was able to see that kind of dynamic of like people being like an artist and like working really hard and trying to make their living that way and like waiting to be like discovered by someone sort of higher up on the class scale Mm -hmm. and so I was like definitely into drawing and stuff when I was a little kid and you know I love drawing all types of stuff robots weird creatures I still like drawing that stuff and like but I definitely kind of from sort of noticing the some of the stuff with like the artist friends of my parents that were really cool wonderful people almost like my aunts and uncles some of these people I still kind of uh definitely like firmly decided like by the time I was like like I was like I don't like I love doing this creative stuff but I definitely don't want to be one of these like people that's like a grown-up that's like unable to pay their rent and like feeling like they haven't been like justly like discovered yet for their like special genius Mm. there's a lot of different aspects with like art and creative stuff and the way it's looked at in our culture and like within the systems that we live in and stuff where I feel like maybe sometimes I mean I'm almost speaking like in a negative sense really honestly about things that I'm like not necessarily opposed to but that I don't believe in mm-hmm. but like the whole idea of like creatives or artists as like a special unique individual person that's got this like gift this like gift of like vision and expression that's like uncommon or this like like blessed little like event in society or like a miracle or something that oh this person well they're special but they're an artist you know artists are very sensitive all that like I all that stuff like I throw it out the window like I really believe that like creativity and like the urge to like create and express is like belongs to like all people if they were like encouraged in that way Mm -hmm. or if they had like the material like time and like means and like ability and I feel like there's a lot of like sort of sectioning off in our culture where like to me like someone that's able to like fix my plumbing like there's like an art to that or like the what we define as art is like very like if you're a panhandler that's able to like hustle hard by the side of the freeway and get like hundreds of dollars because you like are able to like work like attention and like information and like presence and like charisma and all that stuff like like to me that's like art you know or even you know like the idea of like artist as a positive force I mean I believe there's artists that are like experts at like manipulating like getting us to believe in them and thinking that they could like make grand changes for us as a society that would be like politicians that are like con you know kind of like the, the, the art of like con artistry or something Anyways, I'm definitely branching into way different stuff. Specifically, <laughs> how I got interested in DJing yeah. was through graffiti culture mm-hmm. and through um, neighborhood like stuff where we had a house down here that was basically kind of like a 
almost like a graffiti clubhouse, but people would be hanging out and doing dumb freestyle raps and smoky weed and practicing drawing graffiti, practicing drawing in their books for later doing graffiti. And I ended up very much in that small circle, that small social circle and ended up having a turntable sort of through an accident. And I was basically trying to record, I ended up sort of wanting to record a tape putting together a bunch of instrumental hip hop beats basically to like draw to or even to kind of like kind of be able to decompress after like running around with these people until like all hours of the morning in mm -hmm. like sometimes very like adrenaline like basically coming home from like being with all these graffiti people that were my friends and peers until like four in the morning but coming home like completely wired and amped from like not any drugs but just from like adrenaline and like running around in the city so i was sort of trying to make this tape to like come down to and like listen and mellow out to or draw and i was trying to record these beats of records that i had of like trip hop stuff and i was kind of trying to make this i had this idea of trying to make this mixtape but i wasn't trying to be a dj because i'd known a lot of djs and the way they explained it was so complex and about beat matching and this technical aspect. And I was like, I know I'm never gonna be able to do that. I'm not really trying to learn all that crap. But then I started realizing when I started combining the records and put trying to blend them when I was recording that like I didn't, that it, the, the rhythms would start like clashing and sounding horrible. And I was like, I can't do this. This is like so frustrating. And I kept trying, so it kind of tricked me. And then all of a sudden one day I was like in my head I could hear one of the songs and where it would go with the other one without the music playing. Mm -hmm. So then I tried to do it <clears throat> and sure enough, it totally worked the way that I had like, it was like something where I just kept messy with it, but mm -hmm. not for the idea that I wanted to DJ. Honestly, it was more for what you, what it was you to wanted try to and hear make for this yourself. Tape. It was for what I wanted to hear for myself, Yeah, which I would have been happy. It wasn't something I was going to keep secret, but it really was something I was trying to make for myself. But then other people would be around me while I was doing that in that sort of clubhouse, like shack, like apartment place that we were in. That was like basically like a big open living room. We had record players. We had records. We had like seats that we made out of milk crates and wood, like all around the perimeter of the room so that we would all be sitting around like in a circle and then people would like dance in the middle. But like none of us took... <clears throat> none of us took well gra graffiti we took pretty seriously mm -hmm. writing we took seriously but as far as like b-boy and breakdancing and like rapping and like that stuff like those were just all things we did like as like a way to like have fun and just totally kind of almost make like almost like not like no career idea or anything like that but it was just like things we'd be doing like as like a for fun you know it, mm -hmm. it was it was not on some like we weren't like we felt like those things belonged to anyone and like most of our rap freestyle stuff would be like kind of like your mama type rap where you're like <laughs> making fun of each other type sure. stuff or even making fun of yourself or like and as far as breakdancing like but we knew that there were people that did take that stuff very seriously mm -hmm. and we did appreciate and respect those things as 
like if someone took that seriously and really did that or like we looked at that totally separate as like us doing it like us doing it was like and so like with dj stuff is kind of similar like to me there was like actual djs and like that stuff was like mysterious to me and cool and i would listen to it and just be like oh like this gives me a good feeling but like it's not something that i'm that i am Mm -hmm. or that i'm aspiring to because it's like expensive and there's like a whole element of being like i'm a dj like i'm in charge of the party that i wanted like nothing to do with but through that social circle of like graffiti writer people, I ended up kind of coming into that position because then it was like, people are like in that circle would be like, we're going to have like a party, like, you know how to DJ. And I'm like, yeah, sort of, but like not really. <laughs> and they're like, so you got to bring the stuff. Cause like, we're going to have this party and do this, but like, like we want you to DJ and I'm like, but I'm not a DJ. And they're like, yeah, but you're doing it. And like, you could do it. And like, we like the stuff. So like you have to do it and no one else, we don't have anyone else. And like, we're going to do this party. So like, come on, don't be like a spoil sport. Like, okay, cool. Then yeah, I'll do it. Whatever. Like, let's do it. (laughs) The reluctant DJ. I mean, I was not trying to be like a DJ person. I mean, Honestly, this is in like the very late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. Right in this neighborhood, right where we are. This neighborhood was like super moving, like filled with people. Like this, this is basically like post gentrification, like version of this neighborhood. I mean, this neighborhood has been gentrified since like the fucking 80s. So what was it like before? What you would have seen, like if you were, I mean, if it was then and we walked across the street, we would have seen like. A, a funky, like screwed up, dirty, but highly functioning coffee shop where you would see like people going to AA meetings, nerdy outsider punk rock kids, like hippie ass people, homeless people hanging out at this coffee shop because they wouldn't get like people that didn't have a house could go there and basically like have like $2 for coffee and get like refills all day and like basically be able to like be around other people and like engage with people and have sort of a comfortable place to like kick back yeah so like that coffee shop was sort of a hub and it was called willow house and that was on third avenue and and mcdowell then there was apartment buildings right near here that are still there but they're just not like flowing with like people and like and then kids from like metro arts would sort of be walking through the neighborhood like blending in with all that maybe they weren't even at that point yet but i think i don't know when it opened but just a lot more foot traffic, a lot more different kinds of people, a lot more just like visible, like city life. Very simply, that'd be my best, mm-hmm. you know? And it feels like there's been a lot of different contributing factors as far as, you know, you had the Roosevelt Road development, which was, you know, very um, independent for a time, but then yeah, it also sort of. had the you know gentrification and development just come in and start building right around them but well it came from within in my opinion i mean i'm much less pro art i mean like artists are like the stormtroopers of gentrification like unless they're like actively trying not to like be like carrying like that virus and like working for developers but even like a someone Because, like, basically, I have ended up in the position of these people that I saw when I was a little kid that were my parents' friends that were, like... 
mean, I haven't, it's not the same because I'm not like searching around be like, recognize me. But I am like doing creative type shit to make my living and live. Mm-hmm. So like I did totally become like exactly what I said I never would in a way, right? But like, I definitely will like, if if some loft developer like hits me up to DJ, first off, I'm like, do you not understand? Like my DJ name, like, or the <laughs> fact that like, I yeah. fucking hate you guys. I want you to fucking fuck the fuck off and like, learn how to be a human instead of a fucking capitalist bastard. Like, excuse my French, but like, <laughs> I, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to play like gigs like that. And I will turn them down. Um, but that being said, like even, e- even someone that's just, even someone that's like actively not accepting work like that as a, as a person who does music or visual art type crap like we still like art is used as a tool for gentrification so like the fact that there's cool shit going on in the neighborhood or that there's some sort of like city life going on is Mm -hmm. just like attractive to developers and like this probably is sort of going off subject from what maybe i understand the point of your stuff to be as far as a toolkit but like it's also understanding of a space in a city. I mean, you know? it's yo, it's like everything is about like space in the city and like mm-hmm. space within the city is like defined by like who owns that space. And that's kind of the only solution I really see is, you well, know, it's one of the few solutions, but that's like saying like property. It's like telling someone that's yeah. like starving in the desert like, "Yo, like don't you know like you need to like have some water?" But it's like someone in the desert that does, <laughs> that it's it's yeah. much more easier said than done. Now, understandably, collectively, we could put more effort into buying community spaces, joining together, learning to play that game of real estate. And like the more that, I mean, that is one of the, in the, it's one of the only ways that people could have any sort of foot to stand on is by owning, right? So, and I mean, I, I definitely think if, if people that are trying to do good shit in cities join together and combine resources and ask for help and make themselves like present and available for other people to help that might not be able to, you know, that's where all the Kickstarter type stuff can be really useful for people that are like so tied up with their own work and their own mm-hmm. life, but they're like, they're totally love seeing people do cool stuff. And they're like, I can donate 45 bucks to my friends that are trying to make this place. And like, like I can't go there and like hammer nails Mm -hmm. and clean the toilets, but they could still. So yeah, I do. I mean, definitely for people that might be out there pushing collective ownership within communities in the city, like the more the merrier, you know? Yeah. Like everyone will benefit from that. I think so too. And even, um, you know, just multi-purpose spaces where if you're trying to have a nightlife venue, that you're not only trying to have a nightlife venue, that you're also occupying that space with other activities during the daytime. And that's kind of where it can become more of this shared communal space. Um, I mean, this is, this ties in with like anarchist communes and stuff. Like these people were like pioneering shit like this like over a hundred years ago as far as trying to like take spaces back like for the people in the city we gotta live in cities like we can't at this point 
I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm just, I feel like I'm hearing my own words and how like opinionated and, and dumb I sound, but like we can't all run off to the forest. Like the environment is I, freaking I agree smashed. With you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what we're, like if we go run off to like try and live in the woods, like, yeah, I do think there are people that are able I, to do it yeah. sustainably and like respectfully, but like we've got to learn to like live in the cities. Like we're living with, there's no soft and like, I just don't. In a way, like I have like what I would consider like a healthy, a healthy uh, nihilism or pessimism, which is that there's not going to be easy answers. There's not whole solutions. There's there, the whole idea of like vibrant cities. I mean, anything we create, like the idea of like a mixed use space, the idea of uh, um, of of like, of like, creative like like spaces where people could do right. Like anything we create is gonna get like absorbed into the into the like machine like psychic lens of like the the fucking capitalist like money like psyche thing that we mm-hmm. have and it's gonna be like completely twisted around and refracted around in a way where they're pushing that now and it's not for us it's for people that have more and can afford it that don't know what to do with it and are definitely not cool with people that don't have as much as they do or are a different skin color or homeless and not dressed up enough to like they don't want those people to have it and that's really you know a big concern for me and what i'm seeing and you know looking at the stuff happening across the nation but particularly in these different cities is the loss of independent small venues and yet there's more profits coming into the nightlife district than ever before because there's these really big disneyfied versions of nightlife that are being produced as these high-end experiences in the downtown area and you know so there's it kind of has to be this equal push in the other direction of you know holding our space where we can but like these spaces are so important and I think that there's also the advocacy in you know your local government is kind of what I'm realizing is like man I can't sit silent in political stuff if I really want to work in this field like I have to actually get in there and fight for the policy that yeah I mean people that have the patience and the the belief in being able to affect things through those means like and if they're able to like help like open up like more possibilities for people i mean i'm i'm thankful for them like i know many people that might not have the energy to at this point to like to like go and take the time to like go through those sort of uh i mean i feel like mm-hmm. some of those I mean, I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I feel like some of these things like pandering and going and asking the city for permission to like do like a lot of the best stuff I've ever been part of. Like we Mm -hmm. didn't ask for permission. Yeah. Right. And like the less, the less we ask for permission and like take it and like do it, whether like we go and like, maybe we forgot to check and see if it was legal, all of it, but still happened and people had a good experience and Mm -hmm no one got arrested and and it's well it happened like a lot of the best stuff i've ever been part of like we didn't wait for permission now people that are trying to break open the 
realms of like what is permissible to the like laws or whatever mm-hmm. like I also I do have respect it's not like I would bag on someone who's trying to do those things what is it about it that you enjoy or that where I, where I would keep doing it um yeah what got what got you to I keep mean, doing it, somehow I just ended up moving from like working one of my weird day jobs into where where I could sort of choose my own hours and then it was like a year later I realized that I was only working a couple of days a week and DJing more I mean I really enjoy like the challenge of it I really enjoy like city parties and like neighborhood like parties and like even some of these bigger venues uh I really enjoy getting to getting to work with sound and the music like I definitely get to have experiences sometimes where I'm completely out of my head and like come away from this come away from from DJing and parties where I'm like where I'm very uh like like elated and like kind of like high like and I hesitate to even use words like energy or like stuff like that, but I definitely have experiences that are just like really intense and good and want me to keep doing it. So it could just be like serotonin, like mm-hmm. addiction, like same way with any like drug, right? Well, I mean, you know, some people akin DJs to, uh, you know, tribal shamans as yeah. far as guiding I don't want to an experience. That and yeah, that I mean, that's cool, but yeah, <laughs> man. I mean, I'm sure there's some terrible shamans out there, too. So I guess there's that's like why it's fair that there's like so many horrible DJs if they were to be looked at as shamans. I mean, not I guess I'm not even saying like horrible DJs, but like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I've met a lot of I guess starting with myself, like I'm just as much like a like flawed, like stupid, fucked up person as anyone. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm definitely don't feel like I'm some shaman fucking person, you know? Like, I think of a shaman <laughs> as someone that's, like, really, like, hardcore about their their craft and, like, has to have, like, some discipline and stuff. I mean, I, mean, I think a good DJ should probably be kind of, like, hardcore about their craft and, like, kind of discipline or something, too, so. Right. But I, di- yeah, I still just don't, I, I feel like it's okay for those things to be separate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I definitely, as a DJ, I'm not having people come up to the turntables and be like, yo, can you fix my warts? <laughs> and like, I brew up some fucking shit for them. Sure. Or like, I can't like function uh, like anymore, like romantically with my partner. Like, will you make like, you know, help me out, Dr. Shaman and like help fix me up. So I'm like viral again or whatever the hell the word is. <laughs> I definitely not dealing with that. Well, and I- like... The shaman doesn't have people coming up going like, yo, like, play this, track. Play this fucking two chains, shaman. Or maybe they do. This rhythm. I want this rhythm. Like, it's okay for these things to be, like, different, you know? Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. It's okay for these things to have, like, sep- separateness, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, do they tell people that, like, in traditional societies? Like, yo, like, you know, like, some people say a shaman's almost like the DJ of the tribal situation. And the, the shaman's like... Oh wow, yeah, I'm almost like a DJ. <laughs> they probably do. You know, I mean they tell people that over here, yeah. like, yo, DJ, like, you're like guiding the whole experience. You're like a shaman. The DJ DJ's like, 
well, yes, uh, share my Facebook page, you know, or whatever <laughs> the fuck. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I appreciate I'm your perspective. <laughs> I mean, it's good, though, you know, like, yeah. it's cool. Like, if there's a bunch of people together, hopefully the DJ is kind of like, well, yeah, I mean, that'd be cool if the DJ's, like, not making people, like, sure, but die or have throw up from being sick from how bad the music is, like, or something. I don't know. What is a party that feels good for you? Like, what does that look like? I mean, honestly, like, a, the weekly party I do here on Tuesday nights at Bikini Lounge that's called 602 Tuesdays. Yes. That party can be, like, really, like, freaking crazy and fun. But it could also, like, suck. Like, last week, like, sucked. Like, it was just, like, people came there, like... There was a lot of people there, but they, like, were not people that, like, were comfortable with themselves and getting down. There were people there that were, like, waiting for, like... It's, like, a whole bunch of people that are there that are enough people to be having a party, but they're, like, waiting for, like, the party to happen. They don't know how to, like... Initiate. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, Danish don't don't know really how to get down, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, like, not really even, like, something that I'm blaming them for. It just happens to be that way. Or, like... And maybe I just sucked that night or something. I could... I don't know why I'm looking to blame the crowd. But, I mean, you could feel it, like, if people Mm -hmm. feel, like, very apprehensive. And then it just... It just didn't, like, click. It didn't, like, pop off. Like, there was people there... Later on in the night, it got good. Mm-hmm. And then there was parts that happened that were, like, really good. Like, it finally did get moving later in the night. People were, like, people were comfortable, finally, mm-hmm. with themselves. And then we raised, like, 100 bucks, like, really fast for, like, a friend that's, like, all screwed up and can't work right now and was, like, facing an eviction. It, well, did get evicted. Oh, wow. But, like, he found a new place and, like, out past a cup. Like, someone tipped me a bunch of money, like, 40 bucks, well, 20 bucks, and I was like, oh, that's awesome, I'm going to give this to my friend, I'm trying to, like, and then he gave me 20 more bucks, and then I was like, okay, I'm just going to, like, get on the mic and, like, be like, hey, we just made 40 bucks for this friend of mine, if you want to put $5 in here, like, do it, or a dollar, or even change, and if you can't or don't want to, like, it's all good, too, and, like, people, we totally raised, like, 100 bucks in, like, 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 three minutes. That's great. You know? And, like, that person, when I brought him the money the next day, was, like, it's, like, completely blown away. Like, did, because he didn't know anyone was going to do anything like that. And he, he was, like, he, like, really was able to use that. Yeah. So, so it was good, you yeah. know? But yeah. it did kind of suck. So, like. Let's talk a little bit about 602 Tuesdays. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, 602 Tuesdays. Because they, like, Tuesdays. it came from, like, people... I think it was called 602 Tuesdays, but people were just texting it, and they just, like, left out the... It They just started... To, I don't know. Somehow it came from, like, texting. Uh, that party was started by a few different people. Okay. And I would play there as a resident. Or not... I mean, they didn't, it wasn't even official enough to be called, like, resident. But I would play there often. And it was started... By a brother and his sister and the one of the bartenders and a guy named Santos and a number of other people in the neighborhood. It was just kind of this crazy messed up DJ night on Tuesday nights and they would have turntables broken and it was like a wonderful like mess, you know? A wonderful mess. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. A lot of people would How be in there getting like yeah. faded, at, like it'd be crowded and people would be getting down and it would be very mixed up, like a good mix of like a lot of different sorts of people um and it started probably i'm not sure i think it started 
I don't really like to say. I think it's. I know it's been going on for more than ten years. So. More than ten years. Yeah, yeah, it actually does. It actually is like the longest like living like weekly DJ night in Central Phoenix. Like, is it, like by far. Is it seasonal or like does it have a certain section of the year that it's happening or is no, it every single it's like Tuesday? Every, it's been going on like every single Tuesday for like probably okay. like fifteen years down here. Wow. That's crazy. And I, so I've been to some where you've been doing water drives and things yeah, like that to kind of yeah. help people out. Yeah. Yeah. Those are not yeah. incredibly well organized, but yeah, I mean, we've used the parties like the same way. And like, if you're a gentrifier person, that's like looking at this toolkit, like all these things that I might say are, will actually like backfire and make you fail and like lose your jobs. <laughs> And your fucking portfolio will be like a shameful thing that you'll be trying to disassociate yourself with. And basically, I've included like preemptive, like magical curses in mm, any of this beware. information. Beware. So if anyone tried to misuse this and they're trying you to like, if they're trying to like use this information <laughs> to like support some like loft developer people, like all this stuff, you'll just be like embarrassed. You're canceled already. So just give up. <laughs> but if you're actually trying to do cool shit because you want to do shit with people, stuff like you could totally use parties as like a way to like, if it's like a fun and like somewhat mentally coherent group of people, not, like you could utilize party situations to try and help all kinds of situations. For me, it's not something that like I thought of like, oh, it would be cool to use to have like fundraising thing at a party yo have you ever been to like a benefit show that just sucked horribly oh, yeah. mm -hmm. where it's like six hours long yep and everyone's there for like a good reason because they want to support this thing but you're like pulling your hair out after like an hour and then they'll, they'll have like a raffle that takes like two hours long and like it's cool and like it raises like 500 bucks or like a thousand bucks but, like, by the end of it, you're, like, this is so exhaustive and, like, horrible. Yeah. But, like, me. it's so, like, well-intended and, like, good. But this just, like, like I don't... How guess what? Like, I'm not going to, yeah. like, go to your, your, like, fundraiser thing the next week. Like, I don't feel like I see as much of this stuff nowadays as I did, like, 10 years ago. But, like... But those sort of things are, like, so well-intended. But, yeah. Well-intended or well-attended? In intended. <laughs> well the intention intended. is good. The intention is good. And, you know, how do we make those sorts of things fun and something people want to be a part of? Or how do you, like, you know, you just added this extra element that was very simple of asking people to bring water that would be donated. And what yeah. Was, yeah. What was that like? I mean, that stuff is, is good. And, like, we have raised lots of water. And, like, but I also was, like, it was like a like something that I wanted to do because I would see a lot of people and it's not so like altruistic is that the word mm -hmm. as it is like just sort of like selfish in the way that like it pleases me to like get to like hook people up with water if I see them like I don't think it's really changing people's lives like in a massive way to get it's a jug a of water like it's a small thing like it's good and I like I prefer to look at it like it's like a selfish act. Like I'd prefer to look at it, not selfish in a negative sense, but like it's something that like I'm into doing. So I do it and I ask for support in doing that. Other people are also into the idea of it. But like I definitely, with 
benefit fundraising stuff like I kind of try and like aim like really low and fast and try and do stuff like like I because of going to benefit things that were just like mind-numbingly long and like drawn out and like where like I loved the intention but like mm -hmm. I was just like this is like you know not something that I want to do all the time like so what that, are some of the causes that you know, we've that you know, stuff that we've done people, stuff through parties yeah or just I mean yeah. we've done stuff like for lots of stuff like we've raised money for like I say we like not as part of a collective but just like as random ass people like going to parties in this neighborhood like I mean for like so much different stuff like blankets for people like down here or up on the Navajo reservation warm clothing stuff like blanket drive stuff which we did not do this winter like um water raising money for water um raising money for people to do medical treatment that can't pay for it um raising money for harm reduction needle exchange stuff raising money for people who had their freaking parent die out of nowhere and trying to like have like a funeral for their mom in africa and stuff or like um raising money for uh and but like all this stuff like i try and aim like really low like mm -hmm. and fast because like if i'm trying to raise like a couple hundred bucks during a party like i'll try and have something that i'm selling like that's where like burritos and food were really useful sometimes for us with parties because if if, if like i had like 20 burritos, good food, 20 food items for sale that people were hungry for and could eat without needing a plate or a bunch of silverware and other stuff or catering type stuff. But like we would have like $5 burritos in a bag and they're like $5 a piece. And like I make 20 of them. And if I sell all 20 of those, then that's a hundred dollars towards that, whatever we're trying to raise money for. But then other people would see that going on and then want to donate. Awesome. So a lot of times like a bat like 20 like a like a lot of times 20 burritos in a bag for $5 each would end up making like $300 or more. And it would be like a fast thing that would be going on in the party. It wouldn't be like some long lecture or trying to like tell a sob story and it's always like yo like buy a burrito and support this if you want to and if you don't want to like it's totally cool. Because a lot of you might only, like, I'm not going to, like, a lot of people might have, like, the $7 that they budgeted to spend on a pitcher. Mm -hmm. And they don't have any other money for that. Yeah. And and so, how do a lot of these things come about? Does it just come from people you know? You just Yeah. Like, people might ask for really, help with shit. Yeah, especially after help. people see stuff. And there's times where people might ask for help. And I'm like, you know what? I can't, like, I don't think I have the energy to do it. And At this point, like, good, like yeah. learning to like say no on stuff or like, yo, like my friends like running for like city council or like wants to be governor and like, he's really cool. And I'm like, you know what? Like, that's cool. And I hope that maybe they could do something, but like that, I'm not really trying to like, like, I'm not really trying to like use this, like good underground party for like someone's political career like man yeah it's just not, not it's fit. not gonna happen yeah. you know um not that that's really common 
how do you describe the scene like the music the nightlife it's scene? constantly changing i think i think there is like a strong underground but it's not necessarily um like all on one page i think things are like confused in a way that's like beneficial for someone that's actually like paying attention and wants to go find stuff but it might be hard for someone that wants it like presented to them like on a platter I mean, like, I wouldn't, like, I've said this before, and it's sort of like a soundbite type thing, but, like, I wouldn't be able to, like, pay my rent and, like, have food for myself and my cats if, like, the underground wasn't, if there wasn't, like, a strong underground, like, party scene. Mm -hmm. Now, any of these words, like, underground or community, like, they're all, like, so easily, like, suspect or, like, co-opted at this point. Like, for me, the word community... I don't even really use it almost nowadays. Okay. And I never was a huge fan of the word, but it's like for lack, I mean, it's something that the idea, it's like important and like we can feel it and know it's important. And like, I do need like people and like, like I'm a social creature for whatever reason. Like, I don't think it's just how I was raised. I'm sure those aspects influence it, but like our circles around us are like, really important and like it really is good if we have a problem or we need help to be able to have people to be able to ask for help and or just even be able to express stuff or to that like we are able to like help each other but like I mean so like in essence like in one sense like community is like everything to me right Mm -hmm. but then in another sense like community like the word and like the idea and concept is like the last thing I'm trying to connect myself with or like really use that word partly because of how much that word is like been once again like just used by like Mm -hmm. the powerful and like the haves and the gentrifiers like that's the first word you're gonna see like on some advertisement for some fucking bro ass fucking condos around the corner it's gonna say like move downtown with the art near the art community and like enjoy in like positive uh positive vibes yeah (laughs) and like vibrancy you know what i mean like anything that like they they're gonna like use it and like misuse it or like community like it's all and then there's other aspects like separate from that like what is like you know, like, yo, you should really, like, donate to, like, my brother's, like, law firm, like, development company that's trying to, like, get a bargain with the city to, like, put in some, like, co-use art lofts for, like, ASU, like, yo, support the community and donate, you know, like, I don't know, like, a lot of, like, art shit is, like, you know, they're, like, talk about community and stuff, but, like, all day long, like, they're, like, and this is, like, people I'm homies and, like, love and stuff, like, they're like all about the community, but they're like painting dope murals for like fucking developers that have like kicked out like poor, like working class people out of the neighborhood. So like you're doing a mural for like these fucking people that just evicted some fucking native kids that have lived in the neighborhood since they were fucking born. Like those kids lost their fucking house and are trying to scramble with the little resources they have to like find a new place but like you're because of your job like you're gonna paint a pretty picture on the like structure that they built there but like you're all about the community Mm -hmm. 
Like and you're I, about I certain parts of the community, you it, know? It's real where, you know, the, who you work with matters, who you work for matters. And it's, it speaks to where your integrity is. Because I, I've heard that line so many times. Well, if I don't take it, someone else will. And it's money's money. And it's like, yeah. no, actually, I mean, even more particularly when you're an artist. Or just no matter what it is that your craft I is. mean, if no one would, like, fuck with those places and, like, hook them up with the dope art, then, then at least it would be more obvious what it was. That it's just another sterile fucking apartment, you know, overpriced apartment building. And, like, yeah. I wouldn't even have that big of a beef with a lot of this shit getting knocked down. Like, some people are, like, against gentrification because, like, historic buildings get knocked down. But, like, if they were, like, building, like, big places down here that were, like, even semi-affordable, like, mm -hmm. oh, it's a 700, like, new, like, apartment everywhere. building. You yeah, know what I mean? It's yeah, it's It's just, but, like, the yeah. you know, we're coming, like, towards, like, environmental collapse. Like, we're coming we're... towards, like, growing, mm -hmm. like, disparity between the... the classes and like intense like social division and like misunderstanding of one each other like a lot of these like rich ass loft places are going to be like probably be like future squats now i've been saying and expecting that for a long time i don't i'm not trying to be like dark i don't like want to see like my fellow human beings like without food and water and resources or medical like access i mean we already that's like i'm already seeing my fellow human beings that way i don't like it Mm -hmm. And I know I don't have the energy to, like, fix it. But, like, I'm very into, like, working with people and, like, trying to do shit. Because it's, like, what feels right. And, like, it's maybe it's just satisfying, like, some basic, like, animal, like, I like to, like, share food and, like, water type, like, instinct type stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and just with the shadows the difficulties the struggles like how do we learn to support each other and listen to each other and just hold space you know without needing to fix anything i think is a big a big thing and in these celebratory spaces where we have people coming together to you know to celebrate to dance to have a good time but like i've seen people get shunned for not being in a good space for not having a good time. Well, you should have fun. And I don't agree with that either. You know, that it's okay for people to be right where they're at and they still, if I saw up. someone like that at like one yeah. of my parties, I would just call security and like have them immediately. Yeah. Immediately 86 from the building. I don't really, I don't let people like that at my parties. Everyone uh, has to be having a good time or I'm going to call the cops. <laughs> well, it's like, and then you'll really have, no, I'm just, yeah. no, but yeah. I, it's like toxic positivity. Yo, toxic positivity shit goes super <laughs> hard in the new age fucking festival shit. Well, and it's just, people that, are just displacing and saying like, oh no, no, we're not going to, we don't want to look not, at that. We're not going to look at that. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah. I'm sorry that happened to you. Maybe you should try this. Maybe here's yeah, how maybe, you can get. How's, yeah. Here's how you can do better. Maybe you need to like learn maybe to let go. Maybe you need and... to make your poster a little, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, you got something to say about my cat poster? It's dark. Yo, yeah. Well, the photocopy machine, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, I'm not gonna tell so, you how to I mean, make like, a cat part, poster. Part of like, it, like we are like faced with like a lot of like disparity and like suffering and like we're also faced with like tremendous like material like plentitude and like fucking people with like so much money and shit too here and we were mm -hmm. we're very like well off in like lots of ways like like everyone like knows someone not everyone but like we know like rich people lots of it like 
I mean, it's the United States. Like, there's a lot of, it's like the head capital fucking spot. But like, so like in some ways, maybe party situations where people feel comfortable and it is mixed up and like maybe these kind of like situations are like all the more like needed, you know, like how you're Mm -hmm. talking about, like we need to have like strong, like grounded community type spaces in cities. Like, I mean, I definitely believe that that's true. And like, if we could like smarten up with how we're able to do that. And a lot of times it's easy to take these kind of things for granted when you have them. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, like there's, I mean, there's been times in my life where it felt like there was like a lot of like different underground spaces. I mean, I feel like it's kind of true too. I mean, we were just trying to find an underground venue for 300 people capacity. And it was a pretty cool opportunity. And it was really hard to find a place. Couldn't find the venue. Like a warehouse we needed, place. Well, but we needed a licensed venue for this one. Oh, shit. Yeah, and see, that, that, was that really gets limiting. I was just that like, gets how really do limiting. we not have a 300-person licensed venue for this? Yeah, see, that... <laughs> I would have been looking at, like, wedding halls and shit. That's a good idea. Because like, called you. I mean, some of those places might be made for other purposes, but you could use it mm-hmm. for something Repurpose else. It. Yeah. yeah. We were trying to get in at the Ice House, but... You know, the Ice House really used to be not... the go-to place. It's just been, like, very hard to, like, access forever. It's, like, mostly weddings, like... Yeah, they're really not trying to be a full-time it's, event It's a thing anymore. where it's, like, there's just a limited number of people involved that have the energy and time, and, yeah, I don't know what's up with it. It's like, how has the scene changed in Phoenix, you know, from the 90s, early 2000s to now, um, as far as music and nightlife scene? How has it evolved over the years? I don't know that I'm, like, qualified to really say. um, In your experience, you're always qualified for your own experience. I mean, I've seen a lot of good, different, like, functions and parties in that time. I mean, I definitely... How has it changed? I mean... Because, like, back in the day, there used to be a lot more accessibility to have these underground warehouse parties where is it getting more restricted or... I don't know that it... I don't know that it's... I think there's still just, like, a lot of possibility and potential. Like, I went to a warehouse party two weeks ago that... where there was probably 400 people through the venue throughout the night... And it was like $10 to get in and like there was a bar, there was, it was like a very open free space. There was loud music. It went till like six in the morning. Mm-hmm. The entrance was like by the train tracks. It was like in a warehouse in a warehouse neighborhood, like warehouse neighborhood. Yeah. And was, did it you was, go to the Sharif Lafrey? Maybe uh, that's what it was. Valleys? Yeah. Yeah. Those are good friends of mine. I, I do think that it goes in little waves. Like, there might be a time period back then in the late 90s or early 2000s where for, like, a year or part of a year it would feel like there was a lot of stuff going on and then it would, then there'd be, like, a period where it feels like there's not. And I don't think that the restrictive, like, I don't feel like the authorities are super hip to, like, what goes on with, like, warehouse, underground party type stuff. Sure. So... There have been times where it blows up and then it gets broken up. 
Like, especially when rave stuff was, like, huge. Well, and that's kind of what I was wondering about is, you know, I heard that there was this time period where the rave culture was really strong here, but then there was kind of this balloon that just burst. Yeah. But there was a lot of those parties were just, like, very... Like, they were, like, underground in the sense that you could get drugs and it would be going till all hours and it was all ages. So, like, if that's your definition, it was an underground party... But there was a lot of, like, browery and, like, like promoter, like, like, kind of, they, it wasn't, like, all good. And it wasn't, like, mm-hmm. all, like, super spontaneous. And it wasn't necessarily, like, from people, like, in the, like, what I would consider, like, down, like, feet on the ground like party people within the city like a lot trying to make money and sell it was a lot of times people yeah like kind of little like raver bro cartels from like mesa or something that like saw that there was like a lot of money in this because they Mm -hmm. got exposed to like going to like a warehouse like the same people that have that sort of mentality of like seeing something cool going on and being like oh like i could do that and like make a lot of money at it Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, this is where you get into the gentrification of all things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> of people who see an yeah. opportunity and they expose yeah. it. And so, yeah, in that sense, like it wasn't, there were times where there was like a shit ton of raves probably going on, mm-hmm. but like a lot of them were kind of like empty, like commercial ent- enterprises nonetheless. Interesting. But I mean, and I do think that if you're going to try and have a party, it is good to make it where you're not to make it where you are making enough money to like pay yourself partly for your time or to pay artists and performers. And like, yes, I don't think just cause there's a door cover for an event. Like that's like means it's bad. Like not everything can be free. Like it is good to make it where like people that might not have money to get in still have a way in, mm-hmm. you know? Like, well, I mean, a lot of times for my events, I tell the door people, I'm like, look, if, if people are short on cash or whatever, yeah. just, you know, it's whatever they can Yo, do. Those type of, that, they that type of here, mentality, yeah. like flexible. Yeah, if they like want to be here, let them be here. But if they're going to scoff at the event and say, like, $10, right. and, then be like, sorry, yeah. we don't need you. And so many people that but, we know are willing to go and spend like $30 on drinks at a bar, but then they don't want paying to pay $7 cover. for a cover is yeah. like, that's just a weird... That's a, yeah, it's a weird thing in Arizona, I think, too, where, like, I don't know if there's just been such a culture of free events that people I mean, don't we've probably to... been very lucky to have yeah. as much free stuff as we have. Yeah, but then at the same time, you know, I think it's really important to be able to value the people who do put a lot of time into making those things happen. Well, that's because, the thing, like, a party yeah. like Peaks and Valleys or, like, some things that I do with my friend Sierra, where it's, like, a warehouse thing where we, like, really, really work on the space, and it's, like... People know, like, when we go to this, like, it's going to be, like, some different shit that, like, we never saw. Mm-hmm. Like, it's worth that 10 bucks. Like, right. Because it's, you know, you put, like, weeks of work into setting up a space. And, like, for this, like, six hours, it's going to be open or something. Mm, exactly. <laughs> and I, I think that, um, you know, as... And I think for me, community has something to do with regular, like, consistency, you know, sharing space and having yeah. a sense of belonging with the same, like, same similar yeah. groups of people yeah. on a repeated basis. And, you know, and that, those communities have the opportunity to teach 
others, you know, as they come through as far as, you know, like that's definitely true. That value I mean, and those type uh, of positive respect. things, those type of positive, like really like useful and like good things are happening. And those do connect with that idea of like community and like a lot of times, like I might just focus on like the way something's being exploited by like the more powerful than other than like the genuine, like useful, like long-term, like basic things that like what you're talking about. But I guess I'm, I feel like some things just feel so good to say, mm -hmm. like community or like. I'm, I'm with you on that. Like so words like, can lose their meaning. Where it just like they, feels good, you know, so yeah. that we want to say those things because they feel good, but we're not really like necessarily thinking about like what, mm -hmm. you know. Well, it, it's been fun to just throw the word party out in academics. <laughs> to say hey you know i'm searching i'm researching party culture and yeah this is why i think this is important and this is why i think it's viable to Dude, cities it's like and, super important and it's has such a stigma and so it's kind of fun taking a word like that that has such a stigma and a certain impression about it and certain associations to say no actually like you know when we're talking about getting people together to celebrate to express to no dance. it's like cultural study shit i mean that's yeah. absolutely too like without I mean, and it's almost too easy to validate. I kind of downplay <laughs> a lot of it, like in talking like this, because like it is so important to me. It is so like, important. and I'm just yeah. quick to like. I don't want to act like everything's all good, but like I'm really, really, I'm like super, 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 super fortunate to get to do what I do. Like I do not take it for granted. Like I love DJing. I love getting to do parties. I love getting to work with all these different kind of people. There's like so many interesting DJs. There's so many open-minded people. And do you like find ways that you, you know, through your your status of being able, you know, of being in the scene for so long that you are able to create opportunities for Yo, I'm able other to hook people, people up with gigs sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And you know, and yeah. artists and um But I mean, it's just that way if you do something like long enough. I like looking at DJ stuff more like a craft, like like the way you would like have to have like good needles and good like materials and like practice till you like know certain knots mm -hmm. or like have like just certain things like kind of memorized to like you know your records like you're just trying to it's just like a constant learning process type thing i always consider dj storytellers and you know they're telling you a story in a specific order that individually you could hear any one of those tracks and yes, those tracks exist and you could go out and find them, but no one else is going to put them in that particular order right. for you, like that storyteller. It could be like that. Yeah. Like with um, collage, you know, you could just have a bunch of random magazines. You could cut stuff out and like make like sort of like story or like a cohesive like thing. But yeah, no one, no two people are going to take the same magazine and make the same thing. No. That's great. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, so what are some of the things that you've learned along the way that you'd like to share with other people as far as, you know, and that can kind of stretch as far as DJs, promoters, producers, participants, like what are some of the things that you've learned that you'd like to share? Probably to like ask for help, to feel comfortable, to 
ask other people to, to join forces with you to try and do something mm-hmm. can make things a lot stronger. For me personally, a lot of times I just feel like it's on my plate to do it and I, sh- I should do it like because it's a party that I'm putting together and like, but the more I ask for help from other people to do it, like the stronger things usually are. Um, like that's something I sort of have a hard time doing myself. I, I've I seen that too, where people try to take on too much on their own. Yeah. And, and that's something I've had to it's learn It's not myself. very like sustainable or whatever they say that word is, but, um, like try and find like venue owners and like people that like are the ones like that like so-called like own the space that like you really can feel like you can have like somewhat of an honest communication with about stuff yeah um a lot of times the people that have like the most heart have like the least like material like they don't have like a good sound system necessarily or like they might not have like like there's places that have like the really good sound system but like they're actually like kind of fucked up and like trying to like outlaw homeless people near their venue or something you know like try and talk to places like where you could try and like find try and work with people that you feel like you can talk to like very straightforwardly and like try and talk about money stuff too like before instead of after because it's really uncomfortable because it's Mm -hmm. like the by the nature of it like it's an uncomfortable subject for us and like but it is part of the equation if you're going to be because every everything we're trying to like the stuff you're trying to do probably costs money it might be more money that than you have so like be comfortable like talking about stuff like that like we think that we'll make this much money from the party. Maybe we won't like, and don't like, don't, I guess it's better to focus too on like the work instead of like how one imagines the event to be in the end. Cause it's really never going to end up being the way that one imagines it. You know, it might mm-hmm. be something much more amazing than we were able to imagine. It might be a letdown, but, um, And I guess, like, a lot of things, like, we, I feel like we can do ourselves, but we might not think that we're able to, and try and learn about these different things, like speakers, and different DJs are using all kinds of different equipment. It's not like everyone uses the same equipment. Talk to people. What is it that you need? Finding door people. If you, if you're charging a cover, or they have to check IDs, a door person who's, like, firm but like kind and like friendly and knows how to deal with people totally. or is able to be flexible or like lets people in or is you know and and paying attention to like like to what is going on in the situation in the party like paying attention to you know what's going on with people um people maybe needing water like people that maybe took too much alcohol or drugs that could like mm-hmm. use like assistance and help um and that's kind of something that i've been thinking a lot about with my own events i'd end up being the host right so you have you have your door people you have kind of security you have the bar staff you have the um, yeah. performers but then 
you know, having hosts and, and like people who are actually caretakers of the space and paying attention to the vibe and the people would be like, Hey man, you need some water. Like you look like you're sweating right. a lot. Like, yeah. like <laughs> someone who can actually has yeah. the eyes on the floor for the people who are there. And, you know, and, and also to kind of intercept in situations that the regular venue staff might not be paying attention yeah. to. And I think that we probably could focus more collectively myself. I could probably work more on trying to do parties that are like not age restricted parties where like yes. people feel like they could bring their kids and stuff. Um, well, and, and just where it's at a park where it's like under 21, man, like yeah, those kids need role models <laughs> and you know, and the mixing generations and different ages of people is so right. important for, um, you know, just for that, that mentorship. And I mean, all ages venues, like in cities, like little show spots are like, super important and good the more the merrier with that stuff like i'm not even good about going and supporting the ones that are there like i should nowadays but like those kind of things i mean i'm very lucky like i got to go to different weird stuff like that when i was a kid um what other things might be important for people uh yeah i guess like money talking about it up front being honest about like telling people like we could probably pay this much like being comfortable saying like if we make more then we'll give you more but like we can't we we know we don't have this mm -hmm. much or we know we will have this much or I, there's this party if you'd be willing to play and if it's like not something that you'd be in if it's too little for you to do it like totally feel comfortable like saying that you don't want to do it yeah. Um, and I think, you know, transparency and yeah, the money talk is, is really helpful. Um, it's just so uncomfortable. So it's like better yeah. to try. It's like, and just the more you push through uncomfortable things, the less uncomfortable they become. <laughs> or like saying like, what would you need for a guarantee? Like I'm like guaranteeing, you yes. know, yeah. What do you need for a guarantee? And then here's what we can do if yeah. we can have some flexibility or if we, you know, make sell this many tickets i'm looking at how we can develop and it's not even actually developing it's talking about the things that already exist like what is the party ethos what is the party code that exists in these spaces especially when we're dealing in underground spaces that are you know back by the train tracks in these warehouses like what are some of these um the ethos that we can that exists that we can share with each other I guess for me as a DJ, like it's important if I see something going on in the party and this doesn't happen all the time, but to try and sort of talk about it on the mic, to use microphones and talk and express this stuff, to ask for help, like, yeah. and that's what the mic is there for. And the more people use it, like, Hey, something's going on with this. Like we need to do this. Can you guys push that table back so the dance floor can be bigger? like on a Tuesday, like that's like a very small thing, but I guess that's kind of fits into that sort of thing. Like well, we are doing yeah. like, <clears throat> let's like work together to make this like space, like a better party kind of, you know, or like telling people yeah. like, and a lot of times I'm kind of mean and like sarcastic about it on the mic, but it's really out of love and just like a fed upness with trying to like play nice, but like I'll joke and just be like, yo, like you guys seem like, 
like if it's like an uptight crowd like mm -hmm. i'll just kind of like talk shit and be like yo like <laughs> you guys like seem like 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 maybe you guys like want me to play some like justin bieber or something like it's okay to dance like i'm <laughs> i'm not gonna like yeah. if that's what you came here looking for like you're totally not gonna find it here like you should maybe you should just like leave <laughs> like i said like i'll sort of say that like or like just being comfortable talking about what's going on. Well, and even from the participant side, <coughs> that's something that shifted my whole experience is when I'd actually just start talking to people to tell them what I need to be like, hey, man, I, you know, like I'm feeling it's feeling really tight right here. Do you mind just backing up a little bit? Give me a little bit more space or you know, just actually just clearly, compassionately communicating with people, you know, what my needs are in a crowded experience and just you know, because I feel like sometimes people will not, they'll avoid talking to each other. They, you know, anonymatize the other person or sometimes people have really shitty behavior because they feel like they're anonymous and no one knows them anyways. But you know what yeah. happens if you start, if you like identify one of those people and say, you know, like, oh, hey, so, you know, what's going on? What's up? What's your name? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. This is so-and-so over here. They do this. This is how they're connected to the community. Jeez. You know, some of that kind of I shit. I should have just like... tried to... I'm sure I could have learned so much more from talking with you today and what you have to say than anything that came out of my mouth. <laughs> no, this I is... Mean, what you're talking yeah. about makes so much sense right there. It's just, Like, that idea yeah. of, like, introducing people to each other. I mean, that's, like... I, I had this situation where this guy was... I saw him sneak in three people through a back door of this party that was, you know, it was not a well-secured event. Mm -hmm. And he, like, let, sneaks him into the back door, and I was like, I heard them call him Pete, and I was like, hey, Pete, come over here. And he was like, yeah, what's up? I was like, yeah. I was like, uh, so do you feel good about what you just did? Mm -hmm. And he was like, what? I was like, do you feel good about what you just did right there? I was like, do you see how much work went into this event, the equipment, how few people are here? Mm -hmm. I mean... Don't you feel like those guys probably deserve 10 bucks for every person that's here? And it just, it was amazing because that's, is a scary thing to, uh, to address someone like that, to call someone out. Mm -hmm. But, um, I've also heard of, you know, you could call someone in instead of calling them out. Well, yeah. I mean, you did you more, give them an you more called that, you did more of a calling in with that, right? Yeah. And, and he actually, he saw it and he was like, no, he's like I'm. I didn't think about it like that. And well, it's probably kind sorry. of fun to sneak people. It's yeah. gonna be more fun to well, sneak into a party said, than to fucking yeah. pay. And yeah. And what he said is, he's like, sometimes I do shitty things, and I was like, sometimes I do shitty things. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's like cool. And he ended up going up and paying, and I saw him, you know, right after, and I was like, man, that's so cool. And I, after the rest of the night, I was like, I was introducing him to people. Right. Like, no. Now it, to the community, dude. It's like super. Yeah. <laughs> like. Well, and yeah, no, he the stayed and he helped move speakers at the end of the night, you know, right. and he met a bunch of people. Yeah, no, and... this, see, that's like, that's a weird, that's like great shit, you know. I mean, it totally is like more fun to fucking sneak into a party. <laughs> I mean, it's like fucked up, you know, but like it is. Yeah, well, and it, it depends like... on the party too, where it's like, okay, a couple of people doesn't matter. Or if it's like. Look, guys, there's just like 50 people here. Like, right. it can make a big difference We're totally if like, you and your couple of friends pay yeah, 10 bucks. <laughs> totally, yeah. No, it's like both sides are true. Like, yeah. I'm like the, the fact that it's like more fun to sneak into this underground party does not negate the fact that it's like would be 
really fucking cool if those people would pay. Like, yeah, both of those things are... And it doesn't make you... It doesn't label someone. It doesn't make you an asshole. It doesn't make you this. It doesn't... Right. You know, it's like, you know, let's let's, let's talk about this. And, yeah. You know, because at the root of it, I think people really do want to belong and feel like they're part of something, and especially an experience like that, where sometimes if you feel like you can get away with being anonymous, nobody knows you, compared to feeling like you're part of something, you have a sense of belonging, it can just totally shift the way that someone interacts. I think yeah. with no, and I mean the way that you went up and like you kind of called him on a ship, but you weren't like trying to like villainize him. Yes, I think that's, that's good. That's huge. Yeah. yeah, you know that it's it's not ostracizing, it's not labeling, it's not casting someone out. You're giving him an opportunity to do better. So I guess like trying yeah. to address things that are like not working in a way that's like like real, but like. Yeah, what is that? It's like that, like, like what you did with that guy, like sneaking in, but it was like kind of whack. Where you like, kind of like addressed what was going on. That mm-hmm. was like, this is not okay, but not where. But in a way that was like, not making it black and white, or like that the only story at that point was like that he needs to leave, or he's been bad, or disrespectful and fucked up. But, like, there's other, you know, he's still a person, he's still, like, someone that is good to have there, but, like, can you contribute, like, and support the shit? Like... And you you can give people a chance, but it's up to them to... Yeah, and if you, like, kept doing that, you're gonna just be like, yo, you need to leave. Yeah. But, like, other, or other aspects where it's, like, someone is maybe doing something that's, like, really, like, conductive and, like, exciting and, like, adding to shit, Mm -hmm. and like maybe acknowledging that that kind of stuff too and communicating like oh yeah like what you guys yeah, are doing is like is fucking huge. killer you know yeah. or like thank you everyone that yeah trying to like think of the different people that helped microphones are like mm-hmm. great tools for like a host or the person that's like helping like direct a situation like that talking about that shit yeah recognition yeah. and gratitude man i mean i've had it where like a party was kind of fucking felt uptight and i was like it took me a long time to start using a mic. Like, I did not feel comfortable with it. I hate the sound of my voice. Just, uh, like, anything I said sounds stupid. Like, if I was listen- if I listen to this recording, I'm probably going to feel something like that. But, like, <laughs> those kind of things is important. And, like, uh, sometimes just talking and feeling comfortable expressing yourself mm-hmm. is it's just really hard to give oneself permission for that. But then other people... It can just really like put me at ease if I'm at a place and the person doing it is like talking and being genuine on the mic. It's like kind of uncommon in these sort of situations. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be like, oh, the music is leading the thing and with DJ stuff, right? Yeah. Like the music is like leading the party. But like, if I heard a DJ like talking from their heart, like, yo, like here's where I'm at. Like this doesn't feel like good. Like let's like really make this nice. Mm-hmm. Like. Yo, it's going to totally catch my attention. And it humanizes yeah. the experience and the situation where sometimes people get a little entitled on the dance floor as far yeah. as, like, I'm... you know, play for me. You know, I'm here to see you perform, you know, shut up and play. Right. It's like that kind of entitlement stuff can get checked. I mean, for, it's like... for me, I'm like <laughs> the crowd is the one leading the party. Right. I hope that your interest in this and all this stuff can like help make more situations where people feel like it's good to be alive and, and oh. to do stuff together and just keep going forward. I appreciate your Thank you. including me. And yeah. I hope one little part of it, I hope is maybe useful 
and but the over your overall project like i'm happy that you that you care about these things that you recognize these kind of situations is like valuable for people collectively and like you know i'm glad that there's people that are like thinking about it thank you for listening this project is brought to you by you the listeners and supporters of patreon if you would like to support the Party Pro Toolkit by contributing $5, $10, $20 per month on Patreon, you will help this project grow as we share stories and ideas from party professionals. Support of this project will allow the research to continue in other cities across the country and around the world. To learn more, please visit PartyProToolkit.com. <laughs>